Practical Steps to Starting a Soul Care Ministry on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. Today on the podcast, I have with us Pastor Scott Mell, and I love getting to know Scott. Uh, every time that we're around one another, it's just been a, a privilege and a pleasure uh, with his laugh, and the laughter that we share together is just uh, such a fun thing. And even hearing about his experiences there in L.A., he's the pastor of Cornerstone Church in West L.A. And man, Scott, we've talked several times, even throughout this last year and a half, and man, some of the challenges and difficulties uh, that you guys have faced in your location, but then navigating that, trying to shepherd the people well. I, I've been encouraged. I know it's been stressful and difficult, but I've been encouraged by you know hearing some of those stories. I pray that there'll be an opportunity for us to share some of those at some point. He's been a pastor there for 15 years. He's married to his wife, Laura, and they have four children. He's an uh, ACBC member as well. And uh, I just, I love his heart as a pastor, as a shepherd, loving to just spend time with people and Today, we're going to talk specifically about um, this idea of starting a, a soul care ministry. I have people all over the place, everywhere that I go, asking these types of questions, looking for resources, wanting to know more about how do I even get started in this direction. And Scott, I think you're going to be really helpful to us today to, to think through some of these. So let, let's just start. And some of this is going to be semi-testimonial, and some of it's going to be just in encouragement. And I, I want you to just explain for a second, how did the soul care ministry at your church uh, get started? Yeah, thanks, Dale. Man, it's, it's, it is it's always so good to be together. I think for us, the soul care ministry or counseling ministry um, began for us really just out of the need of seeing people hurting and our pastors wanting to know how we could better help and walk with them. And I think sometimes, particularly when people are just starting out, you know, you look at a church with a robust counseling ministry or robust soul care ministry or programs, all these things. You're like, okay, how do I start that? And really for us, it, it just started one at a time. You know, it started by just counseling one person, by just caring for the person in front of you. And as you care for the person in front of you and the next person in front of you and the next person in front of you, over time, not only were there uh, pastors and leaders with burdens for people around them, but they're were more and more people who had been counseled, who had seen the the power of the Spirit of God to transform hearts in the darkest suffering and the deepest sin, mm-hmm. and and they wanted to help others, right? And and they want to know how to help others, and they and they want to grow too. And so then it for us it really just started piece by piece with with train developing training that fit the people, mm-hmm. developing training that fit where they were at, what they were looking for. And one by one uh, in ministry, that's continued to to multiply. And, you know, it, like I said, as people experience the, the hope of Christ in powerful ways, more and more, they want to help others. And so for us, it just kind of grew organically that way, um, far more than programmatically. I love that. And, and one of the things that's a testimony about your church is, even the way that you guys um, preach and, and shepherd your people sort of lends itself uh, in the direction that we see a, a lot of churches where there's a hunger for discipleship, there's a desire for growth. And in that desire, what starts to happen among God's people is 
um, their eyes are open to even see the depth of the needs of people and how deeply people are hurting. And naturally, for a believer, when we see those things, we're moved with compassion and we want to do something about it. But it's yeah. it's one thing to to see these needs. It's one thing to want to help. It's one thing to want to engage. It's another thing altogether when you start to put these things into practice, right? It is taking yeah. from the idea and the wonderful idea and the desire into making it work out. What are some of the logistics, mm. that sort of thing? So what are some practical steps that people can start to take um, if they want to begin a soul care ministry in their church? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the first practical step is just to encourage people to diligently do soul care, mm-hmm. right? If you want to start, I think sometimes our, our eyes get really big and we want to start a soul care ministry, mm-hmm. but that, that starts by just doing it, by caring for those around you. And then seeking to build a culture of discipleship that, I mean, to your, to your point, Dale, just that cares about people, mm-hmm. right? that sees people in the midst of their pain, that identifies with it, um, uh, developing a, a culture that, that kind of rejects you know, just flat out judgmentalism, mm-hmm. but sees people in their pain, in their struggles, and, and whose hearts break with God's heart for them. And, and then I think practically, particularly as leadership, the, the things we can do then is, and I allude to this a little bit, but facilitating equipping mm-hmm. for people at kind of at every level, mm-hmm. wherever they are at, whether that's at a, an entry level and just asking people to, to read a book. Mm-hmm. This is why we developed IBCD's Intro to Messy Care and Discipleship, just a, a small group curriculum. Like, okay, hey, let's just start with eight weeks on mm-hmm. um, how to care for people or, or more there's all sorts of different um, curriculums along the way. And then for people that are really involved, this is where the ACBC trainings, not necessarily to plug all these <laughs> different programs, but that what exists are resources in the biblical counseling movement to help equip people kind of at every level. Yeah. And so I think that the practical steps look like meeting people where they're at, and not trying to put ACBC certification on the first person that says, Oh, I want to help people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but meeting them where they're at. And that's where, when people ask me about what the, you know, how do we equip people? What's our system? What does it look like? You know, the the reality is Dale, our, our training and equipping looks different every couple of years, Mm -hmm. (laughs) every couple of years, it's changing and and it's morphing because the people are different Mm -hmm. where they're at. and, And we're just trying to meet them. Um, and and make it as accessible as possible, mm-hmm. while also challenging them to go deeper in their relationships with with others. Um, and and I think that in addition to the equipping is just encouraging people to do it, starting with one or two people, um, supporting those providing soul care. You know, if if you're a member in a church, get your pastor involved, not because you you want to make something happen, but simply out of service to him. Say, I, I want to love the church. Like, how can I serve you? How can I serve alongside you? Or if you're a pastor doing soul care, like get your members involved. Mm-hmm. And in order to serve them, say, how can I help you? And, and, and I think that whatever we do, if we think about these kind of two arms of practice doing it and equipping, training for it, mm-hmm. the, the two spiral together. And, you know, it, instead of, training, 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 and then doing it three years down the road (laughs) or practicing, 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 but never really getting trained to do it. I think at every step, if we can just put step by step, practicing and training, 
practicing and equipping together. Um, that, that, that's the practical outline, at least, that I think shapes a lot of what, what we do and what I've seen um, lots of churches do. Yeah, you made several wonderful points. You're, you're fleshing out Ephesians 4 in how elders can now equip their people to do this work of the ministry as they minister to other people who are hurting. One of the other things you mentioned, I want to bring some uh, clarity even from from where I sit in my position. You mentioned yeah. several curriculums that I think are are really important and helpful, But and you didn't mean this at all. And, and I want people to hear me say, like, ACBC training is wonderful training. Um, certification is a wonderful thing. It's something that I love deeply and, and and dearly. I think it's a wonderful way to vet to see: Do you really practice biblical counseling? Are you really biblical in the way in which you approach people and their problems? But it's not the sure. end all to starting a counseling ministry. Uh, it is yeah. it, it, the training that you're describing is so important to be to be fostered through the local church because. You know, even the IBCD curriculum that you mentioned or ACBC's wonderful training that you can get in several different formats, that's not the end all, all right? That's, there's going to be still a disconnect from the church to some degree. It's so important that these things are fostered within the fellowship together so that people can see it's not just training and it sounds nice from a theoretical perspective, but, but we're actually engaging in that practice, and that's how people mm-hmm. learn and grow among the fellowship and among the body. So, Affirm these are wonderful resources, but I don't want pastors to say, "Well, like we're not for those things." No, we we want you to utilize those things in your fellowship to be able to train your people to do the work within the body of Christ. Which I think leads us to to another good question that we should at least consider. So, as we think about starting soul care ministries, how do we think about this? This is a controversial sort of issue, even to some degree. But should soul care ministries be started inside or outside of the local church? Yeah, you know, Dale, I, I, I think it is, it, it can be a complicated question. Um, and w- one of the cool things, though, about even what God's doing in the biblical counseling ministry is I, I don't think it has to be, mm-hmm. right? And I think that the, the difference is inside or outside of the church when our ministry sees the local church as the, as the center, mm-hmm. as, the, as the heart for what we're doing, both for the, the ministry and for the training. I mean, I, to, to your point, if pastors feel like, Hey, I don't know how to train people of it. And, you know, you've got ACBC, but I'm just, I'm just a pastor in the local church. Mm-hmm. Well, you're a pastor in the local church. Like you, you're where it's happening. And so ACBC and all these other things exist to help strengthen you, to help provide you resources. But, but, you know, I think those, all those resources are actually at their weakest when we in the local church just send somebody and go like, I don't know, go learn from them and then come back and tell yeah. me, you know, that, that's what, I mean, I don't know, you're, you're in a seminary context, but I think that's true about seminary too, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, it, it's, it's at its weakest when you're like, okay, uh, go, go learn over there, detach from the local church, mm-hmm. and then in a few years come back into the local church. Mm-hmm. And well, they haven't actually contextualized it. And I think in the same way, soul care ministries, that the local church is the God-designed context for interpersonal ministry. That's right. Right? That way we, we see this, there's, it's unarguable in scripture. This is the context. This is the organization. This is the family unit that God has created and given to us. And so, and so then if soul care ministries exist outside of the local church, and, and I don't think they, it's wrong for them to, but to the extent that they do, they should exist to serve, not replace the local church. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I think in that sometimes there are, are needs, but 
it's elders who've been given the responsibility to watch over and care for our souls, right? Hebrews 13, 17. And, and so then ex external soul care ministries, I think, I guess I would say for, from my perspective, can be really, really helpful, both in equipping where the local church just needs some extra help or even providing counseling where the local church needs help. But if they're, as long as they're designed in ways that strengthen the local church that work together uh, with the local church, you know, which I think all, all parish churches are at their best mm -hmm. when they're partnered um, with the church in that sense. And so I don't, I don't necessarily think it's an either or that they should be only inside the church or they should be outside the church, but there is a, a nexus, a centrality to the life and ministry of the local church that if our ministry is going to be biblical, it can't just be biblical in the content that we say, mm -hmm. but we also need to strive for it to be biblical in the context in which uh, ministry takes place. In which we cannot dismiss uh, the local church. As you mentioned, that is God's design, and we're not going to improve upon improve upon that. And so, yeah, I think that's a, a critical piece that we see uh, the churches as absolutely central and absolutely necessary in the process of soul care. When, when you think about uh, dealing with somebody who's hurting, you have to have a place once you get them stable where ongoing care can happen. And that's the assimilation back into the, uh, the, the body uh, as God designed. Uh, counseling becomes this moment of intensive, acute, focused care uh, and normal processes within the body uh, needs to take place. So uh, we have to be not just loosely associated, but but intimately connected with the local church. So now, I, I, again, this is another question that I get all over the place, and I think it'd be good for, for you to address here and, and help people think through this, because this, this is sort of a, a touchy subject when we talk about, you know, lay people. They, they go to training or they hear about biblical counseling. They, they get excited about um, what the Lord could possibly do. They see even in their little engagement, the ministry of the Word has been really good and profitable. And, and then they, they want to talk to their elders. They want to talk to their pastors about this idea, but it, there comes some tension. We're supposed to obey our, our leaders, absolutely. Hebrews mm -hmm. 13, 7 affirms that we're supposed to do that. But man, we really want to see this happen, right? And so what yeah. if the leadership in your local church just doesn't seem to be on board with this, this idea or the idea of starting intentionally some sort of soul care ministry? Yeah, I think I, it's a question I get a lot too, Dale. And I, I think in, in this sense, I, I want to both empower um, people to the counseling and soul care ministries that the Lord has called them to, uh, while also reaffirming and encouraging the support and love for those pastors mm -hmm. that there's, I mean, particularly right now, like this has been, <laughs> this has been whoever your pastor is, wherever he's ministering, he has been through the ringer mm -hmm. for the last 12 to 18 months. <laughs> and, and right now there's probably more soul care needs than ever in your church family more counseling needs than ever and it can be particularly discouraging if he's like i i don't know i just i just can't do that right now mm -hmm. but i would encourage you to first approach your pastors and elders with a, a heart to just to serve them mm -hmm. to serve the local church to say hey how, how can i instead of i want to start a soul care ministry like how can i help provide soul care mm -hmm. that like to me that's the question mm -hmm. right how can i be a part of uh, the disciple making and and then you know work within their structures. I don't know maybe you think it should it should exist in small groups and that's how you know and they're like no we've got this like counseling ministry we've got this mentoring program and 
or or maybe you're like, you know, it really should work in a as an outside uh, ministry or, or a, a mentoring program, and 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 they're like, no, like we're really doing small groups. Yeah, I, like don't get caught up on the form, mm-hmm. right? Take the structures that that they have and say, okay, how can I provide soul care within that? How can I be a part of strengthening the church within that? Mm-hmm. And and from that, I, I'm convinced the Lord's going to grow the soul care in your local church as you provide it, as you pursue it, as you, you know, work in it t- together with them. And now th- the reality is there may be church contexts where the leadership simply isn't committed to discipling or caring for their sheep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, they may be not interested because they're they're not interested in having responsibility for the soul, mm-hmm. right? Hebrews 13, right, 17, they, where, where God gives them responsibility for the souls around them, and they, they might not be interested in that. And, and, and in that, that, what I would say, outlier situation, like, yeah, you might need to find a different local church where the pastors are committed to caring for people. But I, I hesitate to say that because I, I do feel like in general, mm-hmm. in our context, people tend to leave their local churches too quickly, mm-hmm. not stay too I know, you know, I'm sure there's there's uh, exceptions to that. And I think that the thing we can do, particularly, even if, if leadership is, is reticent, is serve them, love them, pray for them, mm-hmm. um, and take one, one step at a time, um, care, seeking to engage in the soul care, uh, the ways that the Lord provides us and the ways the Lord opens the door <clears throat> in our particular context. So I know you, you, you might have a different answer than that. No, I, th- I think that's absolutely wise and actually well nuanced, Scott. You know, it's always unhealthy for us to just take a snapshot of a church and start to make judgments on how healthy we think a church is in a given moment. The church is an organism. Elders often have a trajectory, a plan of, of what they see happening and where they want their people to be and how they want them to grow. And And there may be contexts at which opening a, an official sort of counseling ministry, and that's not the end all, okay? Like, I love counseling ministry, but that that's not the end all. That, that's an overflow of healthy care in the church. But there may need to be some, some fostering of that. Maybe the, the elders see that they need to build this sort of heart among their people first so that they can they can establish something foundational. So I think the way you're describing this is very healthy and good. And having open conversations with your elders about these things, and you'll be begin to see some of the reasons or some of the, the rationale, and that's where we have to trust the elders. And then you distinguish, I think, very helpfully about elders who, who just don't see their role scripturally as, as uh, being responsible for care or um, don't engage in that themselves. And, and that's a point of question that, that uh, I think is natural and necessary for us to raise. And, and that would be a different application of the wisdom that you described. And maybe it is at a point where, okay, we, we need to maybe seek other places to, to flourish in ministry and also be shepherded yourself because yeah, that's a absolutely. critical piece. So uh, I think that was well done. And, and I pray today really just helps us to think more forward um, about the process. It, it is a process. It's not something that, you know, hey, we, we want to start the soul care ministry and you just flip a switch. It doesn't work like that, right? But if you don't get started today in some form or fashion in the fostering of this type of love of the word and love of people, uh, you'll never get to that place where you're seen as a, as a culture that cares for people deeply, which has massive impact on the, the counties, the towns, the cities, the communities that you live in. Scott, this has been a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate the time, man. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Dale. I appreciate it, too. I always love talking. 
You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. Now I want to remind you about one particular resource that Scott mentioned today from IBCD. IBCD is one of ACBC's training centers, and they've put out recently Intro to Messy Care and Discipleship that's based on Scott's book, uh, Loving Messy People, and I think you'll find it as a wonderful resource just to engage your people, a means to shepherd your people, as a wonderful resource to even explore some of the ideas that we talked about today uh, of rooting love, care, and discipleship in a, in a biblical form, not being afraid to engage the difficulty of the lives of people. And so I think you'll find that helpful. And we'll put that in the show notes so you can see that. But that, that reminds me that we have 75 training centers around the U.S., And I want to encourage you to find training that's accessible through our training centers where they talk about things just like this, fundamentals of biblical counseling as an introduction, or they do advanced training in biblical counseling for those of you who who, who have already studied uh, some of the fundamentals, or maybe you practice biblical counseling. It's always good to have refresher courses. And the Lord has strategically placed at least 75 of those training centers of ACBC all over the country that's doing training like that at different times throughout the year. And you can find out more information about our training centers and the training that they're doing on our website at biblicalcounseling.com.